0: Five movies from co-host Chris Gasperi. This is Frank Pellicone. You are listening to episode 100 of the Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was appropriately Christmas plus murder. And your secondary category was uh Pizza is the plot. Uh so Frank, what did you come up with the uh this uh, week for us last week of the year? So I
1: watched movies that fit both of these descriptions. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm gonna let you choose which category we do first, but we'll go ahead and talk about um talk about both of them.
0: Um, I feel there's better segue opportunities if we start with uh, Christmas plus murder. <clears throat> if we start
1: with that, and then go, I got you right. Um, so I watched two movies for Christmas plus murder, both of which are remakes of movies that I enjoy. Um, one is uh. The 2006 remake of Black Christmas, which hmm. is known um, style stylistically as Black Xmas, isn't um, it? Yes, that's how it's on the poster and the thumbnail art, and and the Wikipedia.
0: Dude, you seriously hadn't seen this?
1: No, I. Why would I watch this movie? I I, I just I don't know. There's no reason to, and okay. I'm going to tell you in hindsight, there was no reason to. No. No. Oh, oh man! I <laughs> yeah. told you
0: never to watch this. Right. Well, it was there, and okay. it's Christmassy murders. It does
1: most of the Christmassy murder stuff is either Krampus shit or like some low budget horror stuff. And I wanted to watch like an actual mm-hmm. Hollywood movie, so I watched mm-hmm. two fucking Hollywood movies anyway. <laughs> um, so this stars um Michelle Trachtenberg. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Lacey Chabert, um, you wouldn't know that any of them are in it, really, because it doesn't matter. Um, Here's how I'm going to review this movie. I'm going to tell you what I liked about Black Christmas, the 1974 movie, and we've talked about that movie before. And then I'm going to tell you how this movie does none of the things that that movie does well.
2: Hmm.
1: So just briefly, that movie is about a group of sorority girls that are trapped in their sorority house around at Christmas Um, by a snowstorm and they're brutally murdered one by one by a hidden assailant that's um, hiding in their attic right Mm -hmm. that's the general gist of the movie the guy in the attic is a psychopath um, lived in the house previously escaped from a mental institution all all this stuff is not like super explicit in the original movie because there's an element of suspense and mystery to it right like Mm -hmm. why are these people getting killed but um directed by Bug Clark, one of the better um one of the best horror movies of the early seventies, um, and kind of a trailblazing movie in the slasher genre. So anyway, that's Black Christmas. So this Black Christmas is roughly the same plot. There's a group of sorority girls that are um doing a secret Santa in their sorority house on Christmas Eve. Um Instead of being just like kind of normal like down to earth like people like they are in the original movie, they all have their own traumas and mm-hmm. peccadillos, and there still is someone murdering them in the house, but you explicitly learn the backstory of the people getting murdered or the people doing the murdering through a series of not well placed or planned flashbacks that involve um a woman murdering her husband because her son has jaundice, and then proceeding to um rape her son when he's older mm-hmm. so she can get impregnated because the guy that she murdered her husband with can't get her pregnant,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then her son gouging out the eye and attempting to murder his daughter sister. Um, and then he's in a mental institution but he escapes. By killing a dude with a candy cane. Um, And then everybody in the house basically is getting murdered. Um, There's a weird subplot where a guy who's like. Plays the role of the towny guy in the original Black Christmas. um, is actually the scumbag who's been making sex tapes with another girl in the house. Mm -hmm. And um, and his girlfriend finds out like when the other girl has like already been murdered and disposed. Or yeah, murdered and disposed of. Um... I don't know, pretty much just a lot of people get killed and then the final girl and probably survives for a long period of time. They've added an additional element with the sister being the one that's actually in the attic murdering them. And the brother, Billy Lenz, whose name you hear a thousand times in this movie, who is somehow worshipped in the house as like an urban legend that they buy gifts for every year, um, has also come back to murder people. There are some people under the stairs shit where people are in the walls attacking each other um even though the whole house gets lit on fire and billy and agnes are trapped agnes is the sister by the way inside the burning house they both survive and get to the hospital in the middle of a snowstorm with no transportation and manage to harass and murder um one more of the women that survived um before getting killed both of them by this final girl survivor um black xmas uh one of the least inspired and most tone deaf remakes I've ever seen. Like we talked about this maybe last week when we were talking about um the Watchmen movies and Robocop in specific. Yeah. Um just not understanding what makes something great and ruining it. Yes. Um there are no beats in this movie that are better or even comparable to the first movie. Uh it steals so liberally. I mean, it's like Arachnophobia, um, people under the stairs, uh, psycho in some parts. Um, and it's also just, like, blatant, you know? Like, there's no weird mystery to it. It's just, like, all right in front of your face.
0: Yes. Um, no subtlety. Yeah, so hated that movie. A whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the... You know, there's... um. There's that whole like abortion like kind of like subplot storyline in the first one, right? And it's like there's there's these like conflicted uh, emotions, right? Like there's like you know some character development that's going on there. It's like adding some subtext to the movie. Like there's nothing here. There's nothing in that scene. Like it's what are some other movies around this time period? I'm trying to think of like what are the big horror movies that are like just awful. We've talked uh, uh House of Wax. That's like, a little earlier than this, isn't it? It is. It, it, that's fine. I mean, it might not be 2006, it might be 2004 or something, but it the the movies the the mainstream Hollywood movies around this time period, that's all this was. It was just sure. like it was just like another example of this like let's cast some pretty faces um in a movie and have a bunch of fucked up shit happen to them, a bunch of death. That is true. No character development. Like you none. said, it didn't even matter that none of the the some of these good actresses yeah. are in this movie, right? Like, I mean, I actually
1: think that Trachtenberg and Chabert do a fine job here, sure, with what little they're given. But yeah. I mean, they're you know whatever they're human, at least, <laughs> yes, yes, or they feel uh, like it. But yeah, it or was they, just so. They have this oh. subplot where. Claire, who's the first girl that gets murdered, um, in the attic, um, her sister comes looking for her randomly in the middle of this snowstorm that apparently no one can get through and is too dangerous to be out of but she manages to get there somehow. Like, anybody that needs to get to the house for plot is just Mm going to get there, whether it's snowing or not. Right. Um, but they can't go anywhere. Like, it's too dangerous for them to try and, like, get out, but anybody can come in. Um... God, one of the, I don't know who that actress is. One of the most wooden, like awful performances ever. I think. Like, I really just not a fan of that performance. Which one? Ah, uh, the sister, the older sister, like the second longest survivor. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember the actress's name. Yeah, I can't remember either. Anyway, yeah. terrible movie. Yeah. One of um one of the most yeah just unnecessary like i would rather watch the psycho remake again than watch this movie
0: just sure. because it's so
1: there's just nothing to it like, i don't know it's just bad
0: yeah this is um this was written it was directed actually and then uh written also with his partner um by glenn morgan of x-files fame if you remember those names from back then mm-hmm. glenn morgan and james wong um yeah, I do did, remember a little bit. Like for like some of the better episodes of the X Files. Um after the X Files goes away, though, it's like they work on Millennium for a while and then um they actually do uh Final Destination, I guess is like their biggest hit, mm. which got them some more work and then Final Destination is fine. Yeah. Um but as a director he has this and Willard to his credit. Um Morgan.
1: That's what was my the wife, My wife messaging me. Oh, okay. Um, so let's move into number two. Yeah, what well, was the like a movie? Yep. So, another remake of a movie, um, this time, um, 1984 Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, this one is just called A Silent Night. Uh, it stars Malcolm McDowell, Jamie King, and Donald Logue. Um, um it's another in a line of. I don't understand what made the previous movie like look. I'm not going to tell you the Silent Night, Deadly Night is some kind of classic of horror cinema, mm-hmm. but it's fine. Do you remember this? Do you remember Silent Night, Silent Night Deadly Night? Well enough. So the dude, the premise of the movie is this: this kid saw his mother um, kill his father when he was a kid on Christmas, right? And. He went insane and him and his brother were put in a mental institution, but this nun like kind of like won him over and turned him good and he left. And she got him a job in a toy store, but he's still a psychotic. So he feels the only way that he can like fulfill his purpose is to dress up like Santa Claus and murder a whole bunch of people at Christmas time. Right. There's some funny shit in it. Um the schlub dressed up like Santa Claus going around murdering people is is, is pretty good. Um and in the end, like they take him out because you know, whatever. Right. I can't remember how he dies at the end, but they're like they they end up taking him out, and then the sequel is like thirty minutes of that previous movie, just played over again. Um, with like forty minutes, fifty minutes of like new movie in it, with the brother being the main character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So anyway, so. Have you seen Silent Night? 2018? I have not, no. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 2012? No. So, much like Black Xmas, um, Silent Night takes the plot of the movie and reverses it in order of how it's told. So, you don't even know anything about, like, the backstory of why this person is killing people until how long is it like 111 minutes maybe uh 94 minutes 94 minutes so you find out the reason behind the murders 84 minutes into the movie maybe okay. 85 um so it starts out with this dude dressing up like santa claus and murdering this guy with electric like electrocution i don't know christmas lights and then Jamie King is this young um fledgling police officer in this small town where Malcolm McDowell is like the long standing sheriff. And her father was this hero cop, and she's going around like she gets a call that um somebody's missing or something I can't remember. And anyway, so she starts to stumble upon the corpses left by this killer Santa Claus. so it's um the the two people in the beginning there's a woman and the man they were having an affair that's why they got killed Mm -hmm. then there's some people that are making pornography in a hotel room they get murdered um and there's a girl that's there and she eventually gets murdered she's like the daughter of the mayor who does drugs and also does porn and so she has to die um so You find out that it's, like, just this guy that's doing revenge murders against people that are committing sins, basically. Uh, Um, Which is, like, a really dumb reason. Whereas in the first movie, it's a man who has, like... And we've talked about how uncomfortable in the modern age, like, the use of mental illness is, like, an excuse for someone to be, you know, a crazed sex murderer. But whatever. I mean, at least it's, like, the reason behind this guy who on Christmas... Has gone nuts and is going around murdering people, right? Right. But in this movie, they don't tell you like it's just the dudes are going around murdering people, and they're all people that have done bad things. And people are like, "Oh, Malcolm McDowell, number one, like Like, God rest him, like
0: needs to just stop acting." I think like he's. I mean, I guess Malcolm McDowell, the the guy from where that guy like started to what he's become, it's just really just sad. I don't like thinking about him. As soon as you said he was in this movie, I was like, oh. I mean, he's just earned a paycheck. Sure.
1: Um, But anyway. So what it turns out is that the girl's father killed, so there was this guy who took a flamethrower to murder a bunch of people at the bank or something, because what? I don't remember. <laughs> I really don't remember like this whole plot point. It doesn't matter. He like <laughs> he went to murder some people with a homemade flamethrower at a bank. That is not and the that is
0: not what I would guess at the end. The clue is a flamethrower in the I'm,
1: bank. I'm telling you, this is you find this out, ten minutes left in the movie. <laughs> and his son watched him. And so the cops came and the The (laughs) cop that arrived was Jamie King's dad, but, you know, 25 years previous Mm -hmm. and told the guy, hey, like, put the flamethrower down. I don't want to shoot you. And the flamethrower guy was like in slow motion to like shoot him with a flamethrower Mm -hmm. and the cop killed him. He shot him Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to get burned up with a flamethrower. Sure. And the kid witnessed this happen. So 25 years later, the kid is now murdering people to avenge his father. But is also not doing... He's not actually avenging his father. He's just killing bad people. Um, and there's no real explanation for that. So, anyway, they get in a fight, and Jamie King, like... Um, catches him on fire. And he is, like... You think he's dead because he's all burned up in his Santa costume. But then the last shot of the movie is him sitting in his truck with his face all melted and burned. You know, basically saying, Hey, um... I'm going to come back in a sequel, but I don't think a sequel ever happened. Hold on a second. She bur- How did she burn him up? Uh, uh, hold on, i got to read about it. That's him on fire. she overpowers him and says, I
0: don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Hold on, where the they, killer tries they, to burn down the building.
1: They get enough struggle, and she, like, over, you know, all of a sudden has, like, super strength.
0: Okay, on. so let me... Hold on, let, let's just let's, let's think about this for a second. Do you think this movie was, like, rewritten, and she was going to catch him on fire at the end, and they developed the backstory? No, I think they... You think they broke the backstory first? And then thematically tied in him getting caught on fire at the end?
1: Yes. Well, no, no. I think that they thought they were being super clever where they were like, we're going to... Everybody wants to fucking subvert your expectations. Like, oh, people are going to think that it's going to be a remake. What we're going to do is turn it around on its head and... I All don't right. know. Who fucking knows? These people are talentless.
0: Dude, how do you
1: end up yeah. with a story
0: about a flamethrower in the bank?
1: Well, it wasn't a bank. It was her work Christmas party. I just looked that up. Okay. I couldn't. She's it, like, doesn't,
0: it doesn't matter who's who's fucking carrying? Yeah, it really doesn't matter. Like, or something? Like, yeah,
1: I've probably. I don't know. I don't a- know. No, he's a chimney cleaner.
0: <laughs> this keeps getting better. Um... <clears throat> This is ludicrous. I mean, this is it's, like insane. It's, it's really bad. This guy doesn't have a Wikipedia page that wrote it.
1: Oh, I forgot. The other part, too, is that the town that they live in is an, it has an annual Santa Claus festival where all these people come and dress up like Santa Claus so they can be judged as the best Santa Claus. So that's the other reason why he dresses like Santa Claus. Not because he's got like this crazy like Christmas fixation, but just because that's the way that he feels like he can get away with it, because no one will know that um, you know, they won't be able to tell like one Santa Claus from another.
0: Gotcha. But so it's that's, a bad that's movie. the only reason. That's why he's dressed I, yeah, up. The same? I guess so. I don't to know. blend in. Yeah, to blend. So Donal Logue plays the killer.
1: Yeah but you don't see him except for like the last like 2 minutes of the movie cuz he's um wearing a he so what they do is they have him put on what's a you know um like the old Halloween masks but they're um see-through kind of like they're they make a face yeah, yeah. but sure they're like tran- translucent kind of mm-hmm. He puts on one of them, but he staples a uh, Santa Claus beard to it. So you can't see who he is.
0: So Man, that sounds really bad. How bad is Malcolm McDowell's American accent in this? <laughs> is he trying to like affect some sort of like uh where does this take place at?
1: Um It's not the worst thing in the movie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say? I guess. All right. It's so stilted.
0: Yeah, it's um that's one of the more yeah, embarrassing things, honestly, about him like acting in so many movies in the past twenty years is he's always like doing an American accent, and it's it's just got awful. So
1: I will tell you that it was better than Black Christmas, hmm. just a little bit, because I knew where Black Christmas was going the entire time. I kind of didn't know where this was going a little bit like i sort of was like "Eh, i wonder what they're gonna do with um i mean because obviously i know the story of um silent night deadly night because i've seen it probably like four or five times in my life but sure i didn't know how they were going to tie them together but i knew they were going to tie them together because they got a guy in a santa claus costume murdering people Mm -hmm. so it was just really disappointing because it's just a um Pretty ter- terrible, pretty terrible film.
0: Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> what um? What are your chagrin scores on these? Before you move on to, I guess pizza's the plot. Were there any other like attempts at something? Uh, at no, Christmas? dude, I couldn't. I couldn't do yeah. it. Okay. I couldn't. So I, I the- only just I only
1: just watched pizza for the plot or whatever today. Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm looking at movies and it's like fucking Krampus the Reckoning and All right. I don't know. I can't.
0: I understand right?
1: It's such like a niche genre Of horror and I just don't care I guess About it Um. So yeah So no I didn't watch anything else okay. so then I wasn't going to watch a pizza As a plot because I said To myself I said Haven't you done enough like <laughs> Like you watch like these two fucking movies like Why right. watch another one but our friend Orion was like kind of really into this idea, and we got home sort of early from um my parents for Christmas today, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna watch a a movie that's got pizza as part of the plot, and I found one okay um, Listen. so the third movie we're gonna talk about this evening is the also tone deaf and unnecessary. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot From 2014 um, It stars Megan Fox, Will Arnett Will Arnett in an action hero Role if you can believe it I've seen this movie yeah um, And then a bunch of other people That don't matter yeah. um, What do you think of
0: it that you've seen it Why have you seen this movie Uh we just randomly went to the movies to go see this. Like want, we were just wanting to go to the movies and there was like nothing playing, So we saw this like back in 2014. You and Brandy? Yeah.
1: I don't know, man. That's a bad choice. It was a bad movie. Here's why this movie's bad. There's I don't really want to talk about lots mean, of we'll, reasons why this
0: movie's bad.
1: We'll talk about some things, but uh did you grow up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Like, I had, were you... I had
0: action figures? But did I... you
1: know, like, the, the cartoon and. Sure. Did you read the comics? Like, Not the comic. No, of... it
0: was the cartoon. And then the action figures and then the movie, like the first movie or whatever. And uh, the uh, arcade game, too. Like, those were so... around that time. I'm the familiar.
1: Teenage, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have a pretty distinct origin right they have a pretty mm-hmm. well-known like history so you don't really have to do it's like superman or spider-man or batman like you just you to fucking know they got dumped in some mutagen this fucking talking rat found them and taught him ninjutsu and they're fighting against the shredder and the foot clan who are trying to take over new york city whatever right So, this movie takes, like, that and somehow manages to fuck it up. First of all, it fucks it up because it makes the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles look like, God, I don't even fucking know what to call them. Like, bowling ball-headed, I don't even know. (laughs) I mean, I guess they kind of look like turtles a little bit, but they got these weird... Like two human faces with like soft mouths and weird eyes, and yes, their heads are way too round and fleshy. It's unnerving. and then they've got like they're bulletproof somehow because they have shells. Like I've seen, I mean, where we live, we have plenty of turtles around us, and I can tell you something: like a turtle ain't stopping no bullet through a shell. No, like no matter what, because I've seen plenty of turtles run over on the side of the road mm-hmm. by cars not to be like grotesque but still like they're taking bullets and like absorbing and whatever. So the origin story of these number 1 April O'Neil is the central character in this movie. Um <laughs> the Megan Fox April O'Neil and she's a reporter which is fine because that's what she is in like the majority of the early 90s like turtle shit. Right. Um not in the comics but in the like cartoon and stuff. Um, they retcon it where her father was the man that created mutagen and she is the one that saved the turtles and splinter from shredder and shredders like minions by like dumping them in the sewer. And that's how like they survived. Mm hmm. Um, which number one, that's the dumbest retcon ever. And it doesn't make any sense to have like that be the thing. Like, why can't she just be friends with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles anyway, without like having to, um, like force her into like their backstory. So Splinter found them. And in the comics, Splinter is this like wise, um, super talented like ninja because his owner was this great and talented ninja and he learned um from watching his owner like how to like you know whatever do ninjutsu or whatever right and then his owner gets murdered by, by Shredder and Splinter escapes and he finds the turtles and he like nurtures them and raises them and teaches them um Ninjutsu, completely ridiculous like story, but whatever. That's the story of the turtles. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: In this one, Splinter finds like I swear to God, like a pamphlet called "How to Do Ninjutsu," and teaches himself fucking ninjutsu in the sewer, and then passes his ninjutsu knowledge on to the four turtles. Yeah. So he's not even like a master or anything. He read a fucking like magazine. Yeah. Like how you like we used to see like Ninja magazine in fucking seven eleven. It would be like picking up like, yeah, this is gonna teach me how to be a ninja, and then like actually becoming a ninja. Right. Um Shredder is just some fucking old guy who he's just a run of the mill criminal. Like he's not I don't I mean I think Shredder's a pretty iconic villain in terms of like the turtles, just with his look, you know, with like the Sure sleek helmet and the razor blades on the arms and stuff and they turn him into a cyborg kind of thing here like you see him in human form for what maybe like five or six minutes and then they're like oh by the way you got this costume and it's pretty awesome and then he just wears this costume and he's fucking Iron Man like for the rest of the movie um oh my god I don't know there's this really really long fucking scene where the turtles where raphael has to go rescue the turtles because they got captured and they're in like this castle in the mountains or something where it's like snowing like i don't understand like why it's a completely different environment than like the new york in the summer which is where everything else is taken care of uh or taking place in um but they go and rescue them and then there's this like really long fucking scene where they're escaping in a tractor trailer and Will Arnett's like driving it. And how believable is Will Arnett as an action star, too? Because the
0: answer is zero. Zero. I mean, it, it feels like that. Um, what's that show, Murderville? Um, that he did like where is it Terry Seattle? Is the character he plays on yeah. that? It, it feels like, um, to some degree, like that character, but you're supposed to take it more
1: seriously. I mean, I kept expecting him to break out with, like, Arrested Development Lines or something. Yeah, right. Come on. Come on. Come on, April (laughs) O'Neil. So then, after this long, I fucking swear to God, it's like 15 minutes long, too, this, like, chase down the snowy mountain road that's, like, doesn't even make any sense, like, the things that are happening in it then you've got this long ass scene where they infiltrate the tower where they're going to. So the plot is that they're going to release this terrible virus on the, on New York city. So they can then release the cure to the virus and they'll be rich. And
0: right. Cause this is um that fucker. That dude that's like always this character, right? Her like dad's old partner or whatever, yeah. like the guy that's in everything, and he's always Jimmy, playing Gi- this Jimmy Sacks or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> just called him Johnny Sack. You should have cast the guy who played Johnny Sack in the role. Yeah, it's, it's been a better it's, choice. It's it's William Fitchner. Yes, yes. Eric, so I Eric's, actually Eric do Sachs. like at I times, but him. um, Eric Sacks, okay, <laughs> fucking Sacks, um. Sax industries yeah i i like william fitcher well enough but it's like he's always playing this role like and here's another problem with this fucking movie
1: whoopi goldberg is in it playing a fucking asshole she's like the editor of the newspaper and you know what i mean like like probably true doesn't believe that there are six foot tall anthropomorphic turtles Mm -hmm. like fighting crime in the city and thinks that april o'neill is an idiot but you never get any like payback for April O'Neill Where she like gets to like prove You know she She, she just is She's just fired And Will Arnett's back like working And she's investigating crime And maybe fucking Michelangelo I don't know like nice. Sort of implied that Like they're kind of like they have a thing going on But I guess Casey Jones Is in the sequel so that takes that, that Out of it mm. Um I am a. We don't talk about this much because I don't know. There's not really much to talk about. I'm I'm a pretty big fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in comic book form from the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. There's some really good shit with them and you, um, you Yojimbo, that was done by um, Eastman and Laird, the guys that created them, throughout like the late 80s, early early and mid 90s, um, really like. Adult and interesting storylines, like, inspired by, you know, Kurosawa and, like, just really good. Mm -hmm. And then there's even, like, the comic or the cartoon, which is fine. And the Archie comics, which is fine. You know, where it's, like, it's tongue-in-cheek. It doesn't really take itself seriously. But the fucking turtles are fine. Like, you don't have to, like, change a whole bunch of shit. Like, they have their thing and... Mm -hmm. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it, and if you don't, then whatever. But, like, to retcon it in such weird ways and make them look so... I don't know how you do a live-action Turtles movie and make the Turtles look believable, but maybe the answer to that is you just don't fucking do it. Like, don't. Like, that's the end of it. You know, just stop, and don't make any more live-action Turtles movies And the problem is, this movie made like a billion dollars, so or half a billion. So then it got a sequel, but I don't know. Um. So yeah. So very. Talk talk to me about Megan Fox in this movie. Megan Fox is Megan Fox in any movie. Like, how is it any different? It's it's the same, the same Megan Fox that you're gonna get like anywhere.
0: It is. There are the thing is she's a reporter. An investigative she's not, reporter. She's not believable as anything, buddy.
1: <laughs> no offense to her, but I mean, is she, is she over now? Think, is this done
0: know, now with her? I think. I think they still. Um, you know, she divorced Brian Austin Green two years ago. She had to go back to work because he was bringing dope. he was bringing in all the money.
1: Who even knows what he is.
0: Um. (sighs) Anyway, I don't know. Oh, that's right. She's with Machine Gun Kelly now, right? I do remember reading about that. Oh, is that right? And they are engaged Uh now. Yes, and they're like being crazy together or something. Um, he's a fucking turd. Anyway. Oh yeah, she's still working. She's going to be in Expendables Four whenever that comes out, like now or whatever. Isn't that out now? Is it out now? I'm pretty sure that I have the ability to rent it on Amazon. City. uh okay, it got re- released in September apparently, so yeah okay um so yeah she's on a, in a in movie right now be good for her <clears throat> I mean good for her yes um awful i I just remember being I mean I had seen her and stuff previously, but I don't watch a lot of shit that she would be in um so I'd probably only seen her like once or twice before I saw this, and um true. It's bad. Yeah, I don't know, whatever.
1: I was more like angry about the turtles. I don't care about April or Neil. Let me compare this to something and then we can just move on to the Okay. The the fine points of the rest of the podcast. Uh-huh. Did you watch the Super Mario Brothers movie that came out? No. Okay. The Super Mario Brothers movie is the perfect blend of reverence and subtle satire with a decent plot that just moves along. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It understands the source material. It understands that you understand the source material, so it's not like trying to fucking I don't know. Like do all kinds of crazy shit. It's just it tells a story and it's fun. And if you like Nintendo, you know, as a video game company, you'll probably find something to enjoy. in it. Mm -hmm. It's not for everybody, you know, it doesn't have to be for you. But if you know it, it's enjoyable. But in this point, like, if you know the turtles, it's not going to be enjoyable. And I just don't understand, like, why. And I think all three of these movies really kind of, like, fit that bill, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I like fucking i mean i love black christmas and i like silent night deadly night to a point so just don't fuck it up you know like just just do it the way that it was done before and there's no reason why you can't just like if you really want to remake it because whatever maybe you're trying to get all these millennials who have never seen black christmas you know you could just make a different movie right because they don't want to see some people die right But if you really want to base it on that because you're so creatively bankrupt, then just remake the fucking movie. It's a good movie. Right. You could do, like, your fucking sex tape subplot, your drunk sorority girls. you could do all those things. Sure. And just make the original movie over again, and it's fine. And you know what? No one's even going to, like, yell at you. Like, who's going to yell at you? Fucking the ghost of of fucking Gene Siskel or something? Like, you don't give a shit. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's a uh, yeah. Gene Susco, hes dead. <laughs> he wasn't dead when he came out, but you know, you get the point.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: so what are the what are your uh scores for these?
1: Oh, I didn't give you one before. Um, Black Christmas is a nine. Mm. Um, Silent Night is like an eight, and The Turtles is also—it's uh, like a seven,
0: I guess. Mm. What what elevates Turtles to be just slightly less chagrin than those other two movies? After what you just said about... The, I know you have personal connection to Turtles, which makes you a little angrier, but you sound pretty um, angry talking about the Turtles.
1: I thought that the Turtles... Oh, I thought that the Turtles was at least watchable in the sense that, like, you could tell what was going on in action sequences. Hmm. <laughs> Like, I didn't like it, but I could still see everything that was happening, like, on screen, and I understood it. And, I mean, that's at least something, I guess. Yeah. Why is
0: Raphael's arms, like, as big as his body? Like, Raphael why? is
1: the enforcer
0: of the... I understand. Turtles. Why Why are his arms, like, the size of his body, though? It's, like, the size of his torso. Like, well, because he's a different kind of turtle. It's absurd. Like they are, they're, but they're all like, aren't they? Like, I just remember them being so overly muscular. Like,
1: so in the comics, and I guess in the universe that this is trying to eventually pull from, um, Raphael ends up being the only surviving turtle when the other ones all get murdered, and he basically Mm -hmm. takes up all their weapons and becomes like this, this, like, dark turtle enforcer, kind of. Well, that's dark. Um, so he's always the one that's like training the most and constantly pushing himself to be the strongest. You know. I don't know. Like all really... then... God, those faces are so off-putting. Like the Turtles face. It's really bad. It's... Yeah, it's that's another thing, too, that I don't get how movie companies have not grasped in the modern era is like you got to stay out of that uncanny valley. Like, don't make me look at something that's so uncomfortable because it's got, like, wet lips and wet eyes and it's making, like, weird faces at me. Like, I don't need that shit. Well, they
0: tried to, you can tell, they tried to imbue each turtle with its own, like, slight bit of humanity that make them, like, just a little different in the face. And it's uh, really off-putting. You know what they remind me of? Now I got it. Gears of War, that a video game series. Like, how they were uh. overly done in terms of their size, like, compared to, like, a normal human being. That's what they all look like. They all look like Gears of War characters. Yeah, I know I feel about that, but... It's apt. Yeah. You can feel... You can just say, okay. Okay. Go about your... Oh. oh, what's that Nicholson line? Hmm. can't remember. All right, so 987. <laughs> you ready to see uh, what your first category is for 2024?
1: Sure. All right. It's
0: all you, by the way.
1: <laughs> Me? Oh, right. You did S- it. Spin that wheel. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> category for episode one oh one is They're slicing. The oh, that's the category good. is They're slicing. That, <laughs> that leaves a lot open. It does. Um, I don't remember what episode that was from, but um, I'm sure it was something probably with like a ninja or something like that, maybe. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, man, I do slicing. remember you saying it. I remember you saying like, you know, I think that if I remember correctly, I feel like when I like wrote it down, is I asked you a question, you're like, "They're, they're slicing, man." Like,
1: I mean, it, it makes sense.
0: They're slicing, okay. Um, yeah, slicing. I feel good about it. All right, good. Um, there are a lot of things you'll feel good about of things you've said. Some of them you will not. But mm. all right. So next week, category: they're slicing now. Another grand finale here at the end of um the year is Kaivin' uh, official ending to uh. Like the food chat that started uh two Thanksgivings ago. And I had has it been uh, that long? Yes. That's wow. that's when food chat started was Thanksgiving of uh 2022. Nice. Um so and then it just kept going, it just never it should never end. Um we've been we been gone on for an hour about Thanksgiving. Like let's like wrap up and like talk about like uh you know ham next week. Uh <laughs> so <clears throat> uh we haven't, in him, in, <laughs> we haven't done it we haven't done in the past few weeks we've been watching trailers more but um i had challenged frank to develop a menu for a sit-down restaurant and a menu for a fast food restaurant um as our official like uh, kind of ending here to food chat so um which yeah. one do you want to start off with first frank let's do the fast food restaurant first that, that makes sense and then all right one to the
1: the sit-down restaurant okay um so i've been thinking about this a lot because it's been
0: you were very happy when i suggested a couple months maybe when you first <laughs> yeah, told me about it yeah probably
1: that that was going to be like the final like culmination of all the food chat mm-hmm. um so i think where i think where most fast food restaurants fail is that they do something like pretty well but then like they fuck up everything else right or they try and have too much weird shit on the menu that you don't need like i know that people want to like pretend like they're healthy but ain't nobody going to a fast food restaurant to be healthy so you just need some fattening ass shit that tastes delicious
0: you just need to lean into it
1: (laughs) yeah and it's prepared well like look You go to steak and shake, what are you getting? You're not getting a fucking like veggie burger, you're getting the goddamn double sure. But when you say this
0: about healthy stuff, like is it okay to have like chicken sandwich or something on there?
1: Yeah, but you gotta have that shit fried.
0: Mm. So anyway,
1: let me get to it. All right. So when you go when you have a fast food restaurant, you have a a chicken menu, a burger menu, right? So those are your two main menus. Okay. And then you have sides. And by sides I mean like French fries, but maybe like a few other things, too. And we'll get to that. And then you have drinks and you have desserts. That's it. That's your menu. But where you get them is you have a bunch of different sauces because people freak out for like specialty sauces, you Uh know, like the fucking Rick and Morty sauce or right. Like everybody like loves the Polynesian sauce from from Chick-fil-A.
0: So, like, sauces or just sauces or dips? Is, are these sauces and dips? It's the same. It, yeah, like, both. Okay. Like, you All have right. little... Like, every, every
1: time you order, you get two sauces for free. And that's for your fries or whatever. Nuggets, obviously, you get more sauces for. But we'll get into that, too, in a second. <laughs> so, you're selling people on, like, the variety of sauces. Right. So, your hamburger menu, you have... We're going to borrow the, the Burger King like method, and we're going to have flame-broiled burgers. So on an open flame, whatever, with basic accoutrements, so lettuce, tomato, onion, mayonnaise, cheese on a bun. That's your basic burger. Then you've got that same burger, but with bacon, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got another one that's like a smaller version of that burger. So, basically, we're stealing, like, some of Burger King's menu. The problem with Burger King is they just go too far. Like, they have too many fucking sandwiches that ain't nobody ever going to buy. Like, nobody wants your goddamn sourdough Big King or whatever. And But the difference is that you have these three basic burgers, but then you have the different sauces you can put on them. So, you can add, you know, barbecue sauce, and you have a couple different barbecue sauces, like a sweet and hot, and like a vinegary, you know, like a Carolina style and whatever. So you can make your burger unique in that respect. And you have different toppings. So like, like a couple different kinds of pickles or onion straws, if you're a disgusting monster or something like there's a few different things you can select that for a nominal fee, they get added to your burger, but you basically just do like one, like three different burgers. And it's, you know, bacon, it's regular. And then it's a smaller one for people that, like a junior want to fool themselves into thinking they're being healthy okay on the chicken side you have the same thing you have the mcdonald's model which is you have a crispy chicken sandwich that's like a buttermilk buttermilk um whatever breading you know with lettuce lettuce tomato on a buttered roll you have a similar thing but with a spicy chicken patty on it and then you have a grilled chicken sandwich and again the gimmick is that you can adjust the toppings on it yourself and you can put the different sauces on, it. but you don't need like a whole lot of fucking chicken things because that's where like everybody fucks up is having all these way to way too many varieties, you know that nobody's ordering that shit because they go off the menu after like, I don't know. Right. So you said it's crispy, spicy,
0: crispy and grilled.
1: Yeah. A grilled chicken sandwich. So again, like the pretense mm-hmm. of healthy. Sure. Um, And then you have a six piece chicken nugget. And you have a 10-piece chicken nugget. But they're not, like, little, like, pressed nuggets. They're strips. Like, you do an actual, like... You buy the chicken tenderloins, cut them in half, bread them and deep fry them, and there's your chicken strips. And you either get, you know, six or ten. And that's your... And there's a kid's menu with, like, this stuff, but in different formats. We're just so dealing with the adult So and... strips
0: rather than nuggets, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because the right. nugget is, like, so... I'm... And I I like McNuggets, but the nugget is so suspect when you bite into it. Like, you know that shit. And I mean, you know that it's just like chicken parts that are pressed together and formed. But just, yeah, you just chicken tenderloins. You can buy them at food Lion for like fucking $3. You just get all make a deal with somebody and get a whole bunch of them shits. And that's what you're you're deep frying for your chicken. That's all your chicken. Then you have a rotating seasonal menu. Where you have a rib sandwich, you have a pulled pork sandwich, you have a like Thanksgiving roasted turkey sandwich. It's on that. For part of the year. It's thin sliced turkey breast with a cranberry relish um and stuffing on a like a brioche roll. Basically it's like a, like a bobby or whatever, but on a bun. Gotcha. And you have it for, you know, from the end of October through the beginning of January, right? Your pulled okay. pork sandwich is your summer sandwich, your rib sandwich is your, your spring sandwich and your winter sandwich is, mm, I don't know. I'd have to think about that, but there's like another like fourth, like seasonal sandwich, but you rotate mm. them. They're the same sandwiches every year. So people can get excited about eating them and then they go away and they can wait until they come back and you got to make sure they're good. Right. And, like, it's gotta right. be like, vetted and so if something doesn't sell well then you rotate it out with something sure. else but i genuinely think a rib sandwich a pulled pork sandwich and a like christmas sandwich would be um well received what would be a good winter sandwich you needed something else for that chicken crowd <laughs> yeah maybe that's it maybe the winter sandwich is like maybe that's oh, but you already had that with the turkey sandwich right I don't know. I'd have to I, I didn't give that enough thought. I just was thinking about the seasonal menu. Chicken cordon blue sandwich. Oh, there you go. That's delicious. Perfect, mm-hmm. right? And it's nice wintry, the melted Swiss with the the ham and the chicken um mm-hmm. grilled chicken cutlet on like a like an artisan roll, whatever, blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you do like a French dip. That's another good one, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just do like thin sliced roast beef with like a side of jus on a There's your side. A small small baguette roll. Yeah. So there's all of your main meal items. You have on your sides menu, you have a side salad and a side Caesar salad. They're like $2 or whatever. And they're, you know, somebody who wants to get a salad has that choice. You have French fries and then you do. You do straw cut fries, like the thin, like McDonald's style, Mm -hmm. and you have a steak cut style fry, and that comes with a serving of malt vinegar and sea salt, so you can have like the boardwalk fries. Um, And then you have a mozzarella stick option, and you have like a jalapeno popper option, which for $1.99, you get four mozzarella sticks or four jalapeno poppers, and those are your sides. And so then the main selling point again is your sauces. So you have like three or four different kinds of barbecue sauce. You have like a honey mustard. You have uh, a couple different kinds of ranch, like a cool ranch or a buttermilk ranch. Um, you do like some weird, like different sauces, like the, like McDonald's a couple months ago had a spicy jam and something else, mambo sauce or something like that. Okay. And they were really fucking good and then they went away and it was like oh like that was nice to have these other sauces that you right, have right. Um, so you have stuff like that like and maybe again like you rotate them based on like what people's preference are but because everyone gets to choose two sauces with every meal they get then you know like what sauces are getting like pushed out the most and you can like kind of you know gauge your um your stock levels to that so you don't have like a whole lot of waste because that stuff like sealed up stays good for what like a year two years something like that
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and then you do a chocolate shake a vanilla shake and a strawberry shake and you have um you bring back the choco taco that's another thing that needs to happen is
0: you have choco tacos as a dessert okay
1: oh you don't know a choco taco oh they're amazing no you know a choco taco
0: I've heard of them. I, I've never. You've
1: watched me eat them drunk before. And gotcha. Sure okay.
0: but I'm saying that's under his
1: desserts. Yeah, it's an ice cream dessert. So you have three milkshakes and ice cream dessert, and right. then you have a couple of hot pie options. So maybe an apple pie and a cherry pie. Okay, and that's your, you know, and then you invest in the 108 flavors soda machine, where people can pick their base soda and then their different flavor options in mm-hmm. it. Because um, I think those are super popular. I mean, I like that idea a lot. Um and you have water, but you charge like 50 cents for a bottle of water. Like water is like a lost leader for you. But you don't charge like a huge amount of money for a bottle of water. You like make it keep it cheap. And then juices and stuff. Um, and then you have a kid's menu that has a toy, and it's an actual toy. Um, and it's just smaller versions of a couple of your different adult menu items. And then You sell breakfast and you sell breakfast from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And it's a sausage and eggs sandwich on either, you know, like you don't want to have like a hundred things. So you have like a croissant, um, an English muffin and a biscuit. And then you have a breaded chicken sandwich that's on the same things. Um, And then you have a bacon, egg and cheese on the same things. And then I like honestly the idea of like Wendy's. So I'm stealing their seasoned fries, like the little like potato wedges. And honestly, yeah. you can just take like the leftover remnants of your steak fries and like recook them in like um, spicy, like spices. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of different dipping sauces to go with that, like a maple, honey maple barbecue sauce or um, some kind of like tangy, like spicy ketchup or something. Um, and that's your breakfast menu and you serve coffee all day long and you have orange juice for people that want it.
0: Okay. So sausage and egg, chicken, bacon, egg, and cheese. Those are the three. And you have variations like for each of those croissant muffin and biscuit? It's or... a croissant
1: muffin and biscuit. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that you basically, you can choose your type of holding device. With any exactly. Of okay. Yes. So it's all about customization, like all of this. Yeah. The,
1: exactly. The point you is choose... like letting letting people have the it's, – it's limiting It's limiting the menu items but expanding the amount of choices that exist within those menu items. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So you're able to customize – I see. You know, your – and you do it through like sneaky shit, like sauces and stuff like that. Like things that will stay good for a long time. Right. So you're not like spending a ton of money because nobody wants, you know, some weird ass topping you got this month. Sure, like you just change it by the the sauce you put on it, and I think that I, I think it works really well. Hmm. That's my fast food.
0: What kind of idea. what kind of what kind of bun is that, Bobby? On,
1: um, I think that goes on like a like a brioche roll. Okay. Like, I think a Bobby, maybe it's a buttered, like buttered toasted brioche roll or something. Um, I think bobbies are, are really good just on white bread for the most part. Sure. You want to capture, like, the mayonnaise on the roll but not have it be overpowering and then be hardy enough to hold in the stuffing, cranberry, and um, uh, turkey.
0: It's pretty good. I, um, so... Are you also serving everything else during breakfast, or that's just your breakfast? Like no, no, all you, you, only, get? Yeah, you only
1: do breakfast at that time, and you can't do breakfast any other time.
0: Okay, yeah, but I'm saying, can you serve the other things during breakfast, or is it no, only the breakfast items? Only, only breakfast items.
1: Okay. And you want to, like, you want to get, like, good sausage and good bacon. And you have, like, regular bacon, and you have Canadian bacon, just, you know, for... Whatever. The, the illusion of choice. Um But you bring like you and it's you have to serve it. You have to make it cheap too. Like I went to Wendy's the other day. It was fucking like $13 for a sandwich and a drink and um fries. And it's like make that shit like like six dollars or something. I don't know. How are you supposed you to do, do that on this account? You could do it. How much do you think it costs Wendy's to make my fucking bacon are you Are you saying people are like milking people no, of course it's always but i mean you just got to undercut them right like you got to be you got to set the price limit like maybe it's seven dollars for a combo and then people will come all the time like you would be busy as shit right like especially if the food is like halfway edible like people always want to um like stopping at something good for breakfast Right. And if it's less than ten dollars and you get like some change back, I mean, people will be really into that. I I, I genuinely think that what I just described is like the perfect sustainable fast food
0: restaurant. <laughs> All right, got it captured. Um, <laughs> what's the what's the name of um what's the name of your fast food? Oh my god, I don't know. That's fine. I'll let chat figure it out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll feed them the information. Like in the, this restaurant's going to open in like three years because chat's going to like steal the idea and feed it to somebody else. Like, this is, would be the absolute perfect fast food restaurant. We're going to find it. Chat pipeline. Mm. All right. So, to be your down. fucking
2: fault.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, no. It's completely unethical to be feeding other people's ideas into the shit. So yes it would be entirely my fault um there's no regulations around this so you can't sue me all right sit down restaurant so this one was really difficult for me
1: Mm -hmm. um because on one hand i like a restaurant that has a wide variety of things you can get like depending on what you're in the mood for but on the other hand i understand that's kind of unsustainable like you can't you can't always have like every ingredient that you need to make whatever right
0: you can't always get what you want
1: now if you try sometimes (laughs) um so i struggled a lot with like what's the menu on this restaurant like what are you aiming to achieve and what i really think because i always think about cecil county as being like the litmus test for what is successful because we've had some good restaurants here that have failed and some mediocre restaurants that just continue to thrive like time after time
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you have the occasional offshoot, like somewhere like Steak of Maine, which gets famous and people will drive like far to come and eat dinner there. Um. So I think what you have to do is so we went the other night to a restaurant called Forge, mm-hmm. um, which is a local restaurant that specifies in, quote unquote, like Southern style cuisine. And I know that you like that place a lot and I think their food is OK or it's 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 good. But it's it's they try too hard, right? Like, everything's just got to be, like... There's got to be something weird in, like, everything to make it different than, like, a traditional preparation, right? So I think what you do is you do American-style cuisine with simple preparations, but done, like, classical and well, right? Like, I don't need... I don't know, blue fucking grits with my shrimp and grits. I just need regular grits, right? So I think you have cuisine choices from like different regions of the country but it's all stuff that shares similar ingredients or is like easy and like relatively inexpensive to make so you have an entrees menu which i think is a meatloaf of some kind um i think you do some kind of roasted chicken like um like whole roasted chickens and then you sell them by like the half and the quarter or whatever so a drumstick a breast the thigh roasted um i think you do something like a um like a fried fish of some kind but like not a deep fried fish like a blackened catfish or something like that
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um i think you do a um like a red sauce spaghetti dish. I think you do a white sauce Alfredo dish and there's like a couple of different options. Like you can get chicken, you can get shrimp, you can get it um, vegetarian mm-hmm. like with the sauce, but you like keep the sauce and then like you cook your ingredients and add the sauce to it and then like prepare that with the pasta. So it's all utilitarian. You just have the sauce like frozen for whenever you need it. Um, Homemade sauce, but the, you keep like you know, like frozen in the freezer. Um, I think you have to have a, you want to do salads, but you want to have like just a simple good Caesar salad and then uh, a chef salad or like a Cobb salad with like the um, like ham and vegetables and egg in it or whatever, but a couple of different salad options. Um, you want to do a couple of soups I think, like, a couple of simple soups, so, like a, um, like, a chicken noodle soup and just simple preparation, chicken noodle, like, you know, celery, um, onion, um, peppers, corn, noodles, chicken, broth, but with, like, really well seasoned, so, like, with, like, thyme and rosemary and um, a little bit of oregano, salt and pepper, and, like, simmered for a long time every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some kind of like thicker soup, like maybe a like um, potato, like cheese and potato and broccoli chowder or something like that, like kind of like a like a bisque style soup, but something where the ingredients are easy to procure and inexpensive, but can be cooked to a degree of professionalism, you know, like where you can like serve it in a crock with like the cheese melted on top and Mm -hmm. some scallions like drizzled over it so it looks like classy but it's not like expensive to make and it's like if you have to throw some away you're not like wasting all kinds of money because it's just like really inexpensive ingredients Mm -hmm. then I think you need a sandwich menu so I think you need um, some kind of classic hamburger I think is important um, and then you need, like, a chicken sandwich. Um, and I think your chicken cordon bleu idea, I think that's kind of, like, the way to go. Um, and then, like, some kind of fried fish sandwich. Um, so just, you know, like, three, like, inexpensive, easy to prepare, quick to make, like, sandwich options.
0: Just more of a lunch menu type thing?
1: No, I think this is available all the okay. time. I don't hey. necessarily believe in a lunch menu. I think that, I don't know. I don't really give that much thought. But I, I mean, there's plenty of times where I go to out to dinner and I kind of want a hamburger, you know, right. like, I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah. getting a hamburger for dinner. And then you want some, you want really good appetizers, but you don't need to go crazy with how many you have. So I think you want like a bacon wrap. Eh, maybe that's too much. It depends on how much you can get scallops for, but like a bacon wrap scallop is a good appetizer. Like a stuffed mushroom is a good appetizer. Um. I think you want to do like a calamari appetizer with, you know, like a spicy red sauce to dip in like a whatever marinara or whatever. Um, And then I think you want to do like some like some old standards, but done in the no fancy is the right word, but like classy, right? Like you do like a potato skin, but it's not just your standard potato skin. It's got like, I don't know. There's different, different preparations or whatever. Maybe it's like three different preparations to potato with, different cheeses and one has bacon and you know one has like crumbled sausage in it or something like that like just things to make them different mm-hmm. um and the same thing with you do some kind of fried cheese appetizer but you have like three or four different sauces that you serve it with and um McGlin's used to do this occasionally they would do cheese points instead of um mozzarella sticks mm. so it would be like a flatter like rect- or triangular piece of cheese that you could like right. dip and bite And it was a good conveyance. The other thing that I would steal from McGlynn's is you have some kind of um, like healthier, like shareable thing, like a hummus plate or um, some kind of um, charcuterie that comes with hummus. And not super expensive, like, you know, like just like some peppered salami and some cheeses and hummus and crackers and stuff, maybe like $15 $16 but a shareable appetizer between a couple of different people um and then I think you do a really simple dessert menu like you have a couple of things that again like you can prepare you want to don't want to be frozen or whatever like something you can prepare fresh like um like a shortcake with a um berry compote with homemade whipped cream and um little mini like pies that are um like you change them again like seasonal menu maybe or something where it's like an apple pie in the fall and a like a cranberry pie in the winter and um pecan you know what i mean but like in little like individual pie tins where you have the ingredients you can cook them ahead of time they'll stay good for a couple of days and you can heat them up individually and serve them and you can have like a nice presentation where you get your own individual little pie yeah as opposed to a slice or something like that
0: i miss this what did you say before the pies uh
1: i like a strawberry shortcake I oh, like, okay yeah, yeah right like you just make like a nice like simple like shortbread and then you make a berry compote and it's just got fresh whipped cream on top and it's super delicious yeah. it's and really inexpensive to make yep. um and then i think you need to get somebody that can make cheesecake number one um And just do a really simple but delicious cheesecake. And who can prepare creme brulee? And I think the creme brulee is like something that people see on the menu and like, oh, it's so fancy. And people like creme brulee. Like most people, I think, like creme brulee a lot. Um, They do. And just to say, like, again, something that once somebody learns how to make it, it's a simple preparation. Right. You're kind of making it on the spot so you're not, like, having a lot of waste. And that's, like, really what I think a lot you about. Do variations with
0: those cheesecakes, too
1: yeah sure seasonal ones sure Sure. that's the thing that i think about a lot when i'm like looking at restaurants and because i've been you know because we we used to go out to eat all the time and Mm -hmm. you still go out to eat quite a bit i mean i don't do it as much but i look at places that succeed and i look at places that fail and i think the places that succeed are places that just do something
0: well and they don't try and go crazy they don't go like like Steak of Maine has that's the that's their success. It's the same. It's been the same thing for fifteen years since I first went there. Sure, and that's fine. I'm not complaining. About it. I'm just saying it's like that's they just do it well. Right, Steak of Maine has had the same menu to your point. Fifteen years we've been
1: going to Steak of Maine. Yeah, the base menu has changed. Maybe like one or two items have either shifted ingredients yeah. or have been moved off. But what they do is they do it in their specials. Like, if Mm -hmm. you want to go nuts and, like, try some weird preparation, right? it's a special, and it's a limited quantity, and when it runs out, it's done. And then people are like, oh, my God, the next time, like, I can't remember what I, oh, I was a steak in Maine six months ago, and Mm -hmm. I had a pan-seared Atlantic sea bass with cockles in, like, a cream sauce and a risotto, and it was fucking amazing. And it was a special, and I got it once. And right. if I ever see it again, I will be enticed to go back and eat sure. that
0: food. Again. But that's but but the specials. You're absolutely right. I mean, and Forge does something similar. Like they have more of a seasonal menu, but um, it's like that vermicelli that I got the other night. It doesn't need to go on a main menu. Like yeah, I agree with that. It was just but it I, was just it was so, it was fine, but it was like nothing special, and it even but it's, it's worth trying out. You know, um. And and I know that the next time I'm in there, they'll ask me about it.
1: Like, you then, know. This is a hundred percent my point, is that like you have a few things that you know but like you mm-hmm. know people like certain things. Sure. People like pasta, people like sandwiches. There's certain like I think maybe you do like an open face like turkey sandwich or something like that, with you know, roasted turkey and bread and gravy and like mashed potatoes. And that's the other thing too. And I I forgot to go back to that. So you've got your fried fish, you've got your meatloaf, you've got...
0: Yeah, I want to go back to the, like these entrees a little bit. So anything different you want? You, you just think a good, like, M- American-style meatloaf, like, just...
1: Yeah, you just a uh, nice... Like, you're going to get... Maybe you either make them in individual, like, bunt pans so they cook fast, mm. or you make, like, large meatloafs. And you slice them. But even right. then, I think that's kind of wasteful. <laughs> um,
0: or slice them. Yeah. I
1: kind of mm-hmm. like the idea of, like, having, like, the small, like, baking pan that you can, like, put your meatloaf in and, you know, 25 minutes in the oven and it's done. Sure. Because it's not, like, a huge, like, whole mm-hmm. meatloaf. But it's enough for one person. But here's the here's the trick to that. All of your sides are a la carte, but they're all available with any entree. And mm-hmm. you get to pick two. And you do like like Cracker Barrel style, right? Where it's, you just have, you have stuff that you can make a lot of that, again, is inexpensive. So you do like really good mashed potatoes, you know? So when we go to Thailand, and you wouldn't think this, but some of the best mashed potatoes I've had in my whole life were in Thailand. And it's a really simple preparation. They mash the potatoes, but they add like, sour cream and then they put cheese and then they broil it for like I don't know a little bit of time so you get a crust of like this cheese on top of the mashed potatoes and when Mm -hmm. you break into it like they're just creamy and rich and they're amazing right and that's what like you sell people on is the idea that there's maybe let me think what they would be so I think you want some kind of Green bean, like haricot vert or whatever, and bacon, right? Mm-hmm. I think you need some kind of like corn casserole thing. Like, I, I think maybe your mom makes it. She does, but where it's like, it, it's not like a like cornbread. It's like a little looser than that, right? But with like, like, like sweet corn cake, like what they used to have at Chili's. Yeah, you've got a mashed potato. You've got a really good traditional style macaroni and cheese. So you know, macaroni and a cheese sauce with like a little bit of um of a breading on top to give it like some crunch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's four. I think you do. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to think about it more. But you have like like six sides that are things that are easily prepared, that don't cost a whole lot of money to make. Um, and then again, like you take feedback on them and you rotate them through and maybe that's another thing too, is that you have, um, I mean, I hate like loyalty programs, but you get the opinion of your, you know, your customers and see like what, what they like and what works. And maybe like you have a couple of seasonal sides you rotate in. So maybe you have like in the winter time, you have like, like cranberry sauce or whatever, or you have, um. Like creamed onions in the winter, you know. Like, mm-hmm. a, um, oh, you might want to do a French onion soup too. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I might want to have French onion soup. There on needs to be more French onion soups on menus, yes. Um, and then you do a thing that's just like a roasted vegetable medley, which is like some carrots, some onions, some like fingerling potatoes, um, some asparagus, and that's like what's on their plate, and that's one of the sides, and that's something that you could do you know, in, especially if you like pre them a little bit and then like put them back in the oven with, you know, some little bit of olive oil and some salt and pepper and, you know, maybe some like thyme or something like that just to season them up. Right. Um, but yeah, like I think that, I think that a simple menu where you're just appealing to like basic comfort food needs that people have where you're not charging a million dollars for it because you're using like easily sourced normal ingredients that you're just preparing well.
0: And I think that that I think that brings it, people. So in. I'm not even I'm not this this is meant to be like denigrate Like I'm just looking at the a la carte menu, but like a lot of this is like I'm thinking like famous Dave's or something like that, like their sides. Like yeah, in just terms of the base, right? Like, you know, mac and cheese, corn, green bean you know, like mashed potatoes, right. that kind of stuff.
1: There, you're, You can always find people that are going to like, that have adventurous like palates and are going to want, you know, to try new things. or are going to see, oh, that's, you know, this menu item I've never heard of. That sounds amazing. Let me like try it. But in my opinion, most people are like my mom, where there's a few things they like. Right. They don't need them to be like fancy or weird sure. or have any like. You know, they just need to be a simple preparation that's done well and they'll pay for it, you know? Sure. Like if my when my mom finds a restaurant, Nottingham is a good example, where they just make simple, reasonably priced food and they do it well. And she loves going there. Like that's one of her favorite places to eat. Because they're not trying to like sneak shallots into everything or <laughs> I don't know. I mean, We're you can, right, like, right. And you can do, like, classic, like, classical preparations, or you can use, like, interesting ingredients. You just have to prepare things in a way that people understand as soon as they see it what they're looking at. So it's visually appealing. It smells good. Like, you have, you know, like, that feeling of, like, comfort when you go into the restaurant. and
2: hmm
1: You know, I think that's, um, I don't know. I think that's the way that you really, like, draw in people and keep, um keep a like a routine customer base that wants to keep eating where what you sell. Right. And then you have your specials menu that changes every couple of weeks or every week. And is like two or three things that the chef wants to make that week. And you keep notes and say, you know, you don't like condescend to the people that are buying it. Like, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Like this food is great. Like if something doesn't sell lesson learned, you don't sell Mm -hmm. it. again. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe you do like a chili in the winter or something like that.
0: I don't know. Well, yeah, you do a special like yeah, like things like chilies in the winter, or like you know, and see if it sells well enough to add it to like replace one of the soups or something. You know, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. But I really think that I, I don't know. I just we we we've gone through so many restaurants in this area where. Some of the stuff is good, and then some of the stuff is not, or the quality of food decreases, you know, rapidly over time. Bella's Pizza is a good example of that. Bella's Pizza used to be the best pizza shop around here. And in the past, like, two years, their quality of food has dropped, not precipitously, but noticeably, you know? And it's like, if I'm going to spend $40 to feed me and my kid... I'm not going to spend it on somewhere that, I don't know, like, it just, yeah. yeah. And their problem is they started adding all kinds of shit to their menu. Like, just, yeah. you don't need to have a thousand things on the menu. You know, I used to use this example. I don't know how long it's been since I've used this example in real life, but it's like, you can go to Ruth Chris and sit down and know exactly what you're going to get. hmm a well-prepared steak with a couple of sides that you're going to pay a fortune for, but you know that what you're getting is expertly prepared, delicious food, but you don't have like a huge amount of options. Like you ain't getting like, you probably can't get lobster at Ruth Chris, but you know you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, like the small amount of things you're getting, or you can be fucking at Applebee's where you can go in and get the goddamn fucking cheesecake dinner.
0: factory. Jesus Christ. Eh. fucking six fucking pages of shit right exactly
1: you can be one of those places where you have all the options in the world but like what the fuck like none of it's going to be any good or it's going to be a million calories because it's like a bunch of butter and fat that's hiding like ill-prepared food with like just whatever right anyway
0: so I mean but I mean Pats like, look I think Pats is the same thing right like their menus like too, way too fucking big um yeah I understand and they're some, a pizza shop but
1: <clears throat> sometimes Pats is good and sometimes Pats sometimes
0: right exactly but it's like you know you got eight wraps right you got like fucking 10 sandwiches you got what like eight burgers now or something like that like you know yeah, like it's a lot. like seven different sandwiches eight different sandwiches like yeah like
1: they they have a fucking vietnamese banh mi yes they do they at do Pat's. and it's gross man it's like yeah yeah it's the most insulting banh mi preparation ever because it's like how were we talking about one time and i made this joke where it's like it's like somebody described oh the wellwoods jambalaya it's yeah. like somebody like heard what Jambalaya was, but didn't bother to pay attention to, like how it was prepared or the ingredients and just like threw a bunch of shit most, in most
0: overrated fucking place in this area to me is the wellwood. Um, I mean,
1: that that's what like that bond me is like it's like, well, I kind of know like what this shit is, so fuck it,
0: right. Well, they just added all these like different things right to the menu, like at Pat's in the past like month or so. Like they added like a Nashville hot chicken sandwich, and I swear I've heard I've I've had that sandwich somewhere.
1: You yeah, had it at McGlynn's?
0: McGlynn's? okay, that, that that makes sense, I and mean, that's what I told Brandy. It's like I think they did this at one point. Um McGlins did it when we were still going out. To, yeah, um... and it was like, it's fine, it wasn't that good. Like you know, from Pat's, I mean. Um Which is, you know, it's funny you say that because I got it the other day and I thought it was fantastic. Really, I thought and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was very good. I thought it was kind of soggy. The one I got. Um, oh no, mine and, was crisp as shit. Yeah. See. Yeah. Did you go wasn't... to?
1: You went to Elkton Pets though, right? Sure.
0: So there's the other thing too.
1: I went to right. Northeast Pets.
0: Right. And, and anyway. Yeah. Right. But uh, I'm just saying, it's like they add all the stuff, and it's like you took taking nothing off the menu. You just keep adding. Right, like there's just more shit. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I think a uh, a leaner, tighter menu is always the way to go. I think just like adding more stuff is um is a bad move. So I I agree. They they added this brisket stuff too, and then there's like a chimichurri chicken that I tried. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? No, I'm not gonna get chimichurri anything dude, for fucking dude, awful. Fuck out of here. Awful. Oh chimichurri bats!
0: I was just looking for something different to try because it's like since like March of 2020, we just been fucking ordering out every Friday night, and let me try something different.
1: Yeah, I understand
0: you. Um, but yeah, not not good. Um, so yeah. Um, all right, cool. Um, I was there. Any other questions I had about your? Okay, I just want to clarify. So, okay, meatloaf, kind of traditional roasted halves and quarters, you said, roasted chicken.
1: Yeah, I think you do. Because um, I think you can buy a couple of chickens every day. Look, if Walmart and Costco and all those places can do like 600 rotisserie chickens a day. Oh,
0: sure. Your little restaurant can cook like yeah.
1: 10 and just like quarter them and have them or and whatever. And... Right
0: and you weren't very specific. I know you said black and catfish, but you weren't very specific with the fish. Like did you some have kind of specific... fish preparation? Okay. And then
1: I think you need some kind of um I don't know, like like a like maybe a pork preparation, like a pork loin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like pork loin medallions with like a gravy and whatever, like your choice of the sides. And I think you need to make the sides affordable. Like if you want to add a side, I think they need to be no more than like Four to five dollars to add, like, a side portion. A
0: lot of money. For a side. For
1: a side? No, it's not.
0: Hmm.
1: Look up sides of fucking, st- <laughs> like, steak and main. This seems like eight, nine dollars.
0: Okay.
1: I don't know. I mean, you have to look at, like, the cost of goods and whatever. So. All
0: right. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I think I got everything here captured then. Um, all right. So mini pies i like the mini pie idea because i can actually eat pies most of the time <clears throat> most places don't have enough pie even though i don't really care for pie but i think you do pies and i think you partner
1: with um like you find like a local like place that makes ice cream
0: like um stop at stop no you were fine with the pies i don't i don't need ice cream I, I I want some hollow mood. But it's just an option. You know what okay, I mean? Okay. Everything, it's still like everything here is an option, right? Like, right.
1: Um, I think, I think that is the key to the modern world is like
0: allowing someone to customize the thing they're buying. But, that, but that's the trick, right? And that's the balance is that you're absolutely right. Customization, not, it's not about options. Right. Like in the sense of like, Cheesecake Factory is the one I always use that their fucking six page menu. Like, that's not what people want because then that becomes overwhelming. It's just like fucking scrolling through Netflix or Prime or something like that, trying to find something to watch. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. What you want is you want something that is curated for you, but you want options with inside of that. You're exactly right. Yeah. I think you got your finger on the pulse. Um find somebody to just hire me to, like, make the menu for the restaurant, and that's fine. Oh, no. It's, the chat's going to steal this thing, and somebody else is going to start this restaurant, and you will not get hired. Um, that's fucked up. Uh, all right. That was fun. Um Yeah. I, I I agree with you on the fast food menu, too. Uh, like, in theory. Like, about just, like, going simpler, because there's, like, way too much shit. Um. And there's not enough seasonal stuff in fast food restaurants either
1: yeah I think all. that's i I think that's the real key to the fast food is having like knowing that everybody wants something a little different right. and giving them like the option every quarter to have that right just a little bit like if you know you want it it's there and if if not, there
0: were seasonal things more often at different fast food restaurants, I might stop at a fast food restaurant,
1: yeah. But... Because you're gonna get people that are gonna go to fast food restaurants every day anyway. Right. Like that's just how they live their lives. But there are people like us who don't live at fast food restaurants. You know, Mc McDonald's had the McRib the other like a couple months ago, and I missed it. Mm-hmm. Um and I was genuinely disappointed that I didn't get to go back and get a McRib because I like the McRib. But it was a thing that would have brought me into McDonald's, you know? Like right. those sauces. I read about those sauces when they were there a couple months ago and I was like oh that actually sounds really good like let me get a 10-piece McNugget so I can try these like special fucking sauces but that's it like I'm not eating McDonald's like every day but it got me in there you know once a quarter like if you can have enough people to do that that still is a pretty profitable you know
0: anyway all right Cool. That was a fun exercise. So, while that is the official end of um hashtag food chat, um, I'm sure there will be plenty of things that come up where we'll still be discussing food occasionally. Yeah, let's have that ham chat. <laughs> we had ham chat. I Had like fucking five ham chats the past year. Like ha- ham is always there. It's always in the background. It's just lurking. Um, I like ham every food chat conversation. Much to my
1: son's chagrin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: appropriately
1: doesn't 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 like ham. He likes ham conditionally, but typically no. He's what about cubes?
0: What about little cube things that you can like put on a pizza? Uh,
1: I don't think we've ever gotten ham on a pizza. No, no.
0: Hmm.
1: When I do pineapple, I do pineapple and sausage. Mm. I don't do ham <laughs> or pineapple and bacon, which is also a good combo. Yeah, Frankie's got real. Some some
0: peccadillos, um, I mean, you
1: know he's he's my kids so who's gonna have some weird
0: you have bougie no peccadillos,
1: bougie. yes, I do what I'm the peccadillo what? king, no, you're not, not not when it comes to food, I mean, I'll try anything, but there's certain things that I'm very like that I hate three, three things Name I them. hate, yes,
0: right now, roseberry steak,
1: uh-huh, um.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I don't think you're a very picky eater, honestly. I'm not. Alright. I mean I, ma- I have many more picket peccadillos than you do, like in terms of like food and shit like that. Miracle Whip. Won't eat Miracle Whip. Miracle it's really good. No, Miracle Whip's fucking gross.
1: Um I don't like uh honey mustard at all. I think honey mustard is for plebes. I also <laughs> think the ranch dressing is for plebes. Hmm. like, hey, yeah, the way to make me not respect you is to put ranch dressing on anything,
0: yeah, I actually think I agree with that.
1: I won't tell you that I don't respect you, but I'll be silently judging you
0: right. the whole time I'm trying to think I feel like ranch. a little bit of ranch could go well with like a really hot like sauce, like a wing sauce or something, oh, like that. yeah, that's fine. if you're dipping your wings in it I'm yeah. Gonna... But I don't think like putting it on something. I don't. I don't agree
1: with. Should have gotten that blue cheese. I do like ranch dressing on a wedge salad, like an iceberg wedge with bacon, bacon ranch, and um, Mm. usually like a shrimp cocktail or whatever. Like that's right. But um, Mm. that's very circumstantial.
0: Yeah. So okay, there's three. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another year of the Spin Chagrin. Uh, for you Chagrin followers, we will have another big episode later this week. Um, the main podcast 200th episode. Uh it's too bad Cage didn't like knock out a few more fucking movies, and we could have been doing a quick Cage 100. Um, well, but... and what number are we on? Ninety-six. Well, we got Butcher's Crossing. Right, so that'll be ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah I just watched. that needs shit. to get a. <laughs> still need to get a few more out there. Um whatever. He only has like five movies left, thank god, like he said like in an interview the other day. Um <clears throat> so those will be coming to an end over the next few years. Um <clears throat> of course, you know that motherfucker's lying. He won't stop. He'll just keep galling forever. Well,
1: he's going to buy another island and <laughs> he's trying to get.
0: Cage is trying to get back to that island. You know, he's trying to get back to that yeah, island.
1: Man, you're gonna buy an island in the. Brazil? I don't think he has
0: an island anymore. Like, no, he did have to sell it. I think. Yeah. Um. It's like once you got an island, you were doing nothing but trying to get back to that island. I'm positive of it. Like, if you had an island, like, and then you would lost have... your money, right? Oh. And then you had to sell that island wouldn't you be trying to get back to that island again yeah yeah, yeah.
1: i'm trying to get back to that island anyway <laughs> right i've never even owned it right
0: so all right um but you'll yeah, we'll be back Uh, With episode 200 um, later in the week, uh, where we cover the top five movies of 1973, 83, 93, and 2003. And then we'll be back next week um, with the category of Their Slicing um, on One of Their Slicing. Thanks for listening, everybody. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas.